today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You know, as Christians, we all have a chapter 34 in our lives, right? Those trials, those tribulations, those fiery trials, those, those seasons of just difficulty and hardship. And, and <laughs> I love this saying that, as one said, my favorite words in the Bible are, and it came to pass. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Isaiah. Everyone has had one or more of those times in life that are just downright awful. Between the illness, job loss, or relational troubles, this world has its share of struggles for you to endure. And in today's message, Pastor J.D. will remind you that you don't have to endure any battle on your own. Jesus is by your side through it all. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Isaiah chapter 34 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Here again, woven into the fabric of this obscure chapter here in Isaiah, we have yet another picture of a pre-tribulation rapture. Why? Because we are not appointed to wrath. We will not be subject to judgment. What is the purpose of this judgment? I know this is deeply profound. It's for judgment. We're not going to be judged because we've not rejected Christ. We've accepted Christ. And let me, let me tie it together with, but in the Passover, how was it that the Israelites were able to escape the judgment when those plagues came down on the Egyptians? They had the blood of a lamb that was spotless, without blemish or wrinkle, that had been inspected for four days before it was slain, and its blood shed, the number of days that Jesus was on trial, and found to be without sin, without blame, spotless, like that lamb, as a fulfillment of the Passover lamb. So then the Israelites would take that blood and they would put it on the door of their house in the shape of a cross. The top, the bottom was a basin, the side and the side. So that when that tenth plague, the death of the firstborn, you you, you make that, that connection, right? The first begotten son, the only begotten son of God who would die so we could live. And this plague was the death of the firstborn. But that angel of death, that judgment, would pass over them. Why? Because they had the blood of the Lamb. This this horrific judgment here? (laughs) I'm not going to be here. And neither are you. You better not be. This is not for us. Second Thessalonians, why not? Might as well. Again, just bear with me. I love this. 
It's actually First Thessalonians 5, 3 first, where Paul says that while they are saying two words, peace and security, sudden destruction will come upon them as a woman in labor, travailing in labor, and they will not escape. One verse, packed full and very telling. Key words, them, they, contrasted with when Paul writes his second letter, and even in his first letter, chapter 4, it's not them and they, it's we. You know the difference, right? We are not they. They are not we. They will not escape. We will. We who are alive and remain will be caught up. <laughs> the rapture has been affectionately referred to as the great escape. And I take great offense when well-intentioned Christians will take issue with us referring to, well really the Apostle Paul was the first one to do it, the rapture as the escape. We're going to escape all of this. Actually Jesus. And this gets Christians kind of messed up, because he says, pray that you're counted worthy to escape all of this. It's like, what? What, what if I'm not worthy? No, you are worthy. He's worthy. And if you are in Christ, you will be found worthy, and you will escape. And Paul says, they won't. This judgment will come upon them as a woman travailing in labor. They will not escape, but we will. We will not be here for this. Because, think about it this way, it's, I know this is again going to, I just, I have a gift for taking something so simple and making it so complicated. It's truly a gift. My wife tells me, you have the gift of complication. And I keep telling her, that's not one of the gifts, honey. <laughs> so it doesn't matter, you have it anyway. It's really simple. I'll try not to complicate it, okay? Judgment is judgment. We are not under judgment. We are saved from the judgment. We're going to escape from the judgment, because the judgment is for those who have rejected Christ. It's a Christ-rejecting world that this unthinkable, unspeakable horror of God's judgment comes upon. And when Jesus says, pray that you're worthy to escape this coming judgment, what he's saying is, he is worthy. And if we're in Him, we are found righteous with His imputed righteousness, Christ's righteousness. I like it this way. I heard it said this way, and it's stuck with me for many years. When God sees us, I want you to listen very carefully. He does not see us in our sin. He sees us through His Son. 
Hebrews chapter 7. Um, do you, have you read this yet, this chapter? We're going to uh, be there on Sunday morning. Okay, don't wait, because <laughs> I mean, wow, wow. You, it, it, it's all about Jesus. And I have to confess that in preparing to teach Hebrews chapter 7, I was very intimidated, like, oh my goodness, Lord, help me. And he did, he always does. And again, I was looking at this thing going, man, this is a doctoral dissertation all the way from chapter 7 through chapter 10, verse 18, and Melchizedek, the high priest, I got to get into all of the nuances and the typology, and he's our high priest, and he's greater than Abraham, and, and I got to get into all this. And, and it's like the Lord's going, stop! What are you doing? It's, it's about me. You don't have to get into all of that. Besides that, if you have 38 points in chapter 7, you'll lose them at point number 2. Keep it simple. Because that's what it is. It's just simple. Before we move on, one last thing on this, please. And, and we'll talk more about this in a moment. But the anger, the wrath of God is not on us because of Jesus. It's not on us because we're in Him. Period. Verse 11, but, now this gets interesting, the pelican and the porcupine shall possess it, also the owl and the raven shall dwell in it, and he shall stretch out over it the line of confusion and the stones of emptiness. They, verse 12, shall call its nobles to the kingdom, but none shall be there, and all its princes shall be nothing. And thorns shall come up in its palaces, nettles and brambles in its fortresses. It shall be a habitation of jackals, a courtyard for ostriches. The wild beasts, verse 14, of the desert shall also meet with the jackals, and the wild goat shall bleat to its companion. Also, the night creature, I don't want to know what this is, <laughs> shall rest there. And interesting, it's referred to as a her and find for herself a place of rest. There was a couple of interesting commentaries on this, and I'm not going to digress on that, but very interesting. Verse 15, There the arrow snake shall make her nest and lay eggs and hatch and gather them under her shadow. There also shall the hawks be gathered, every one with her mate. What? Well, think about it. Here again, a graphic picture of the devastation in this destruction, and now all of these wild animals will dwell in the places where people used to be. That's how devastating it is going to be when God's judgment is meted out. Verse 16, 
I love this. Search from the book of the Lord and read, Not one of these shall fail, not one shall lack her mate, for my mouth has commanded it, and his spirit has gathered them. He has cast the lot for them, and his hand has divided it among them with a measuring line. They shall possess it forever, from generation to generation they shall dwell in it. Now, (laughs) the chapter ends with Isaiah emphatically stating, and when I say emphatic, that's almost an understatement. He's basically saying this, his words are God's word, and he's saying in a sanctified way, mark my words, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You can search the book, read, not one thing that I've said will fail. God said it, that settled it. Now why is this important? Because, especially in the day in which we are living today, there's this dismissing, for lack of a better word, of passages like this, chapters like this in God's Word, and the many others like them. When it comes to the wrath of God, the judgment of God, there's this tacit dismissal of it because, I'm going to have to use this description for lack of a better one, but it's a a cognitive dissonance in the realm of the spirit, and I'll try to explain that. You know what I mean by cognitive dissonance? It's like you can't, as we say today, wrap your mind around it. It, No, that's not going to happen. I would suggest that what is happening in the world today is the epitome of cognitive dissonance. It's this this dismissing of disconnection from, disenfranchising from the reality of what's happening and what's coming under the banner of, that's just too far out, to borrow a 70s and a 60s phrase. That is, that's out there, man. No, that's, and, and there's even this attempt, and by the way, this presupposes that this is even taught anymore. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find a church that is taking and going through a verse by verse study of God's Word, especially in the Old Testament. And oh how sad, because they robbed themselves of the richness. I mean this is God's Word we're talking about, and it is in some ways more applicable and relevant to us today than it was in Isaiah's day. Do you realize that when this was written, somewhat 2,500 plus years ago, wow, Things are happening so fast, and things are moving so fast. And 
And this is talking about now. Because this is about to happen. And Isaiah is saying, mark my words, everything I have just said will come to pass. It will come to pass. I want you to hang on to those words, because as we get into chapter 35, it is like a, oh, thank you God for chapter 35 after chapter 34. You know, as Christians, we all have a chapter 34 in our lives, right? Those trials, those tribulations, those fiery trials, those, those seasons of just difficulty and hardship. And, and <laughs> I love this saying that, as one said, my favorite words in the Bible are, and it came to pass, not, and it came to stay. In other words, that trial you're in, that chapter 34 that you're in, and it came to pass. And the chapter 34 is going to give way to the chapter 35. What's at the end of that trial is a chapter 35. What's chapter 35? Oh, <laughs> so glad you asked. Verse 1, the wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the excellence of Carmel and Sharon. This is all types. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God, and not a moment too soon. So Isaiah now in this chapter turns this prophetic corner, as it were, and he's now describing the beauty in the kingdom age. Oh, how glorious it will be. Man, when you think about it, and I do think about it often, quite often, especially as of late. I mean, you know how it is when you have something to look forward to? You know what we had to look forward to, right? The rapture. And then uh, the second coming, and then before heaven, before eternity future, before the new heavens and the new earth, you know what we have to look forward to? A thousand years on earth, and the earth will be like it was before sin entered the world. I cannot wait to see what it's going to be like. And we're going to be ruling and reigning with Christ. And it's an enforced righteousness. And by the way, I, and this is a, I don't want to get off on this, but we'll have work to do. We're going to be working in heaven too, but it's not like work as we know it now. You have to understand that work was blessed before it was cursed at the fall. God made us to work and enjoy the work of our hands. And so we're going to be working. We're going to be given areas to oversee. I've already put in for Kailua, so you don't have to bother, just so you know. I did ask for Lonnie Kai too, so just because they're together, and then 
You know, you can take some other areas, but that's the area that I'm going to be ruling and reigning with. But I digress. So 1,000 years, we have to look forward to that. And we haven't even started the new heavens and the new earth yet. 1,000 years. Okay, how old are you? Don't, don't answer. <laughs> Think about that and try to put that into perspective. Talk about wrapping your mind around it. A thousand years in our glorified bodies, by the way. That alone. That alone. I'm going to have hair again in the millennium, man. I'm sorry, I digress again. Verse (laughs) 3. Back to our Bible study already in progress. Strengthen the weak hands and... (laughs) Make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong. Do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Wow. You know, verse 3 is uh, quoted by the Apostle Paul, or actually the writer of Hebrews in chapter 12, verse 12. And interesting, uh, why would Isaiah say this by the Spirit of God if it weren't for God's people being weak and having feeble knees? I mean, after studying chapter 34, that alone, right there. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like this. And oh, uh, say to those who are fearful hearted, here's another spoiler alert for you. I'll tell you, a lot of people reach out to us. It's really quite heartbreaking. They are just full of anxiety, full of fear, with the uncertainty with everything that's happening. And here it's a much needed reminder for us today. You strengthen those weak hands. You make firm those feeble knees. And if you're fearful hearted, I struggle with that. I've been very open with you about that. I struggle very much with anxiety and fear and worry. I'm walking in victory, but it's still a struggle. I'm still just as prone as anyone to find myself riddled with fear and filled with anxiety. Well, if you're full of fear and anxiety, you be strong. Do not fear. Do you want to know why? Because you're God. He's coming (laughs) with vengeance. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And he's going to recompense, and he will come and save you. He's going to save you. He's going to deliver you. Yeah, but (sighs) it's getting really bad. Yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming. Yeah, but you see what they're doing now? You see what they're going to require next? You see what the deadline is now? I don't know. Don't be afraid. 
We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. If you think that the gospel is only in our first four books of the New Testament, you'll quickly learn through this book of Isaiah that the gospel is mentioned throughout. It must have been interesting for Isaiah to write the things he did in the course of his life. He was a prophet used by God who lived while several kings of Judah reigned. From their outright wicked behavior to a king like Hezekiah, Isaiah experienced the people living in rebellion and then turning toward God, realizing their need for him. God used Isaiah in a mighty way to influence these kings and to speak to them about what was yet to come. God can use you in the place you're at today as well. It may not seem as influential or powerful of a position, but God has you right where he wants you, to use you in the place you are. Are you involved in a local church? If not, we invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. We meet on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can get directions at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates, an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. That's all we have for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. We hope you'll join Pastor J.D. for our next edition as we learn more valuable things from this interesting book of Isaiah, right here on In Spirit and Truth.